So, Conor McGregor is returning to the Octagon on Saturday, January 18th to face off against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, like I alluded to in the intro. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how he returns because this fight is at 170, welterweight. And although Conor looks jacked, he looks really good. He's been off for a year and two months, and his last fight was a bad loss to Khabib Nurmagomedov, and we're going to get into that later. We're going to go over that, and as like I said, we're going to go over Cowboy, and then we're going to preview the fight a little bit, but the first thing I want to do is look at McGregor at his best, what makes him so good, and to do that and look at that progression... Um, and look at elements of what he's going to have to use against Cowboy. We have to look at four main fights. Probably the four biggest fights of his career thus far in MMA. And the first one of those is the fight at 155 for the lightweight title. Against um, Eddie Alvarez. He displays great precision, uh, discipline, and patience while standing against Alvarez. And creates an impenetrable space that allows him to use that left-handed power punch. Which he did knock down Alvarez with four times before the eventual fifth time, which was a TKO. In the cases where Alvarez got small openings, teeny tiny mouse, uh, 5'8 male short king openings, um, McGregor displayed solid, simple takedown defense, maintaining him against the cage, maintaining him uh, and his weight and his will over uh, Alvarez on the on the mat. And uh, while he had Alvarez on the ground, but the main focal point of the fight was the time standing up. He moved in and out, picked his spots, was uh, precise with his punches, and uh, set up that left hand, which was dangerous. But to look at kind of more of a challenge, you have to look at more of a stylistically combative uh, fight, and both of these were two very uh, different fights, but the two Diaz fights. Uh, Diaz is a southpaw, fellow southpaw. And, um, he was kind of throwing Connor's game at Connor to see what would, if it would stick. And, of course, Diaz is also dangerous because he's a fantastic jiu-jitsu player, an underrated wrestler, and he's a tough motherfucker. So he has a developed ground game, will stand in there, take shots, and can match Connor, um, boxing to a certain degree. I think Connor is, is more technically sound when standing up, but, um... This fight uh, starts interesting. Connor, as always, is very twitchy, moving from foot to foot, switching stances and keeping his hands uh, low. However, and I understand this is a southpaw tendency, Diaz is returning this energy, constantly moving, keeping his hands low as well, but also moving away, trying to place his jab. Sound familiar? Um, keeping the distance from Connor and using space against him, not only uh, not allowing him to land a heavy left hand. Diaz achieves a single leg takedown now. In the closing of the first, M. McGregor makes efficient work of him. Pulling guard, uh, but Diaz holds strong now, maintaining his guard and not let her, letting Connor pass him against um, the cage. In the second round, Connor opened up with a masterclass of stand-up, um, keeping space, closing in and out when he wanted to, and landing effective combos. Diaz returns some nice shots. Now in the middle of the round, this is the middle of the second, Diaz closes in on...
Landing combination after combination, leading with the left and landing a heavy right. Um, Connor keeps moving, but he's getting tired. Diaz knows he's tired and opened up now. Um, he stays on him with 50% to 75% shots. We, so we see these um, half power to three quarter power shots um, and punches um, work for Colby Covington, is the best example I can give. Because even in the Usman fight, he was relentlessly just giving him, giving him, giving him, giving him work. Um, and I mean, it, it does wear you down. Obviously, Usman recovered and um, broke his jaw. But anyways, McGregor tries to return, but Diaz takes them and keeps it going. He scores a double leg and tries to move into a guillotine. McGregor slips away, but remains on his side with no guard. Uh, Diaz mounts him easily. Eventually, Diaz gets his back and gets in a rear naked choke. Before we move on, I just want to mention that this is one of two times that Murgar's gotten caught with a um, back take and then eventually uh, submitted to a rear naked choke in a high-profile fight uh, uh, in the UFC. I'm not sure if it happened in um, Cage Warriors or before that or in between his that and his UFC stint. But it's something he's going to definitely have to watch out for against Cowboy on the ground because Cowboy is such a good wrestler and he can easily get you on your back and then just put in a submission. His submission game is dangerous and we're going to look at it. Um, so I just thought that was a point of contention. And another point of contention was Berger's cardio and endurance. I think he, uh, he knows that or he knew that at the time because he talked about in the press uh, before the second, the rematch, that he uh, about going a full five, which shows that his cardio was up to speed compared to five months prior. We this we see this play out as the fight goes a distance. So we'll talk about that in a second. But McGregor's offensive technicality was nearly flawless once again on the offensive end, but eventually his defense diminished. His head movement and constant motion is is his main source of defense, uh, especially in this fight. Uh, and once Diaz landed shots on him, uh, it got him one hurt. I mean, he, he was evidently hurt and two, uh, very tired. He was, he got gassed really quickly because at that, that point, you're work, you're no longer working on anaerobic respiration. You're working off of, or aerobic respiration. You're working off of anaerobic respiration and that's lactic acid now. So you start to get, um, it's hard to produce oxygen. We see this with track stars, Usain Bolt, sprinters, but they're they're gassed after interviews or during interviews and they can't really speak. It's hard to put a sentence together because they're trying to retain breath. So it wasn't a lackluster ground game that handed Connor one of his first big losses, but rather his stand-up. Connor's highlighted world-class aspect of his game. So that was interesting that he got beat standing up, truly, because um He's so technically sound, and Diaz kind of just stayed on him. So it'll be interesting to see in these next two fights uh, if that continues. And it, it did a little bit against Diaz, and there was none of it against Khabib. As we, this is all in the past. I think it's something that, that could be easily solved against Cowboy, in, refer, in reference to the, the upcoming fight. But on to the second fight. In the second go-around, Connor comes out aggressive with his strikes, knocking down Diaz quickly and not going to the ground with him. Smart guy. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, that was smart. A minute and a half in, Connor displays great timing with his striking, both combos and leg kicks. He really tries to set up this leg kick thing, and it does wear out Connor uh, Diaz's right leg, I think it was. 
Uh, we'll have pictures up in the video. Uh, Connor kept excellent space in the first round. He continues this, closing in and out with efficient strikes. So he's coming out with great stand-up so far. Um, however, in the middle of the second, uh, Diaz begins landing effective combos on McGregor and forces him to start put that, putting that cardio to work. And whilst Connor recovers and lands more body shots, leg kicks, etc., attempting to wear Diaz out, this uh, sequence climaxes in Diaz landing big shots, almost knocking Connor down and getting him in the clinch. By the third round, both guys are tired, and any remaining technical work is deemed incredibly impressive uh, by me, the MMA expert and professor of um, tiredness in UFC fights. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said about the aerobic and anaerobic respiration, I'm taking anatomy and physiology in school right now, so I just learned this and I can apply it, so I'm gonna... It, it, it is a big thing because you, you're, you're really struggling to the breathe and you're struggling to perform at the time where that uh, aerobic uh, respiration pieces out and you're working off lactic acid. So in a high profile fight where two guys are punching each other very hard, maybe it's a point of contention. I don't know. Um, Diaz capitalizes on McGregor fading by landing... Uh, Uh, landing 53 significant strikes in the third. The fourth round is very even. Both guys working on that aforementioned lactic acid. Eventually, Connor wins by decision. Uh, the fifth round was very even as well. They're kind of just going back and forth. Uh, at that point, still very tired and very gassed. So you're, it's just that will to win. And you're landing whatever you can. Now, moving to the Khabib fight. The one glaring difference here is to start the match is the difference between Connor's comfortability level on the ground, uh, take the Eddie Alvarez fight, he looked perfect in that fight, or even the Diaz bouts, looked really, uh, comfortable on the, standing up, it's, it's like he's walking on a cloud, uh, placing his fists where he wants them, very technical stuff, and it's, it's good to watch, it's fun to watch, it's beautiful to watch, and he's performing really well, but all that goes away immediately out the door when Khabib, uh, shoots him, and, uh, gets him on his ass. Khabib's shoot is one of the best works of art I've ever seen. Put that in a freaking museum. Oh my gosh. It's like the Sistine Chapel of um, moving things. Literally. One of the most perfect things I've ever laid my eyes on. Khabib did dominate him, however, keeping him on the mat for the whole bout, pretty much. Uh, mixing in these strikes with longer booming hooks right left right left like a, like a wing with just incredible power down on connor's face and dominic cruz mentioned it in the uh during the fight and in brandon Schaub's below the belt they just had him on that at that point connor's trying to let khabib wear himself out he, he does have his fist up and he's trying to defend but he's trying to take those shots and let khabib get tired from just bang 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 Bang. Oof. Looks like it hurts. That's all I gotta say. But, uh, and, the, and he does get tired. Connor uh, eventually lasts the third round. Uh, they're able to stand up, but Khabib st uh, stands in there when they're, when they're throwing strikes, eventually willing him back down. Um, 
Now, he adds in the trapping of McGregor's legs as he's trying to uh, move into a submission to finish the fight. This is very important because as I started rolling jiu-jitsu, and I think as overall as a grappling, in grappling, however, that trapping the legs is an important thing because you're trying to uh, neutralize their movement. And you really can shut down the whole body between that, for example here. Last week in Jiu-Jitsu, we're working on um, how to pass a knee shield. And what you do is like a windshield wiper move where you're kind of tussling your opposite leg with their opposite leg because you're, say my left knee is posted up and their right knee or left knee, whatever, is in my chest with a knee shield. You can't really pass that. So you got to post up... uh, and kind of tussle with that those opposite legs on the ground. And if you can pin their leg down, uh, it's very hard for them to move side to side to go with the knee shield. And then the same thing for side control, especially side control, because once you have side control, you have complete control of their upper body and now their lower body, because it's very rare you're going to see them move their hips without their the rest of their body, without their head. It's possible, and once those hips move, uh, they can come square, they can do a stand-up, and they can kind of get out of whatever position you have them in, but side control is really effective because that is shut down as well. So I think that's what Khabib is kind of going for. And like I said, he eventually taps him after getting his back uh, with a rear naked choke once again, and that's something he's going to have to watch out for on Saturday with Cowboy. And we are going to go over all Cowboy's things right now. So Cowboy Cerrone, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, 17 UFC finishes, 22 UFC wins. He holds the record for both in the UFC, has 50 overall MMA matches, 36 wins, 10 knockouts overall, and 17 of those, uh, 17 wins by submission, submission finishes. He's a former pro kickboxer, which, you know, I can't find any records of, but it shows in his MMA. He is really good uh, Muay Thai and excellent chokes. We're going to break down Cerrone into three separate pillars of this game. Uh, strikes, leg kicks, uh, knee and, and his knee strikes, his lower half offense, and eventually his chokes on his on the ground. I watched three of his fights in the UFC, um, as, long as, some, as well as some clips and, 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 and a bunch of other stuff. There are so many to choose from, but we have three that I think represent things that challenge Cowboy and show that, um, that challenge Cowboy and show his, uh, acumen. Mike Perry, Matt Brown, and Alexander Hernandez. He finishes Perry with an arm bar. Um, the Brown fight involves a lot of stand-up, and Hernandez's pace reminds me of Connor's a little. I, I think Connor goes a little bit faster than Cowboy, but it's the same technical style, so we're gonna see how that plays out. However, Cowboy is um, very technical, like I said, and is uh, slower even more so than Connor. And his game is very predicated on patience, experience, and meticulous um, 
striking. No wasted shots. Everything extremely accurate and powerful. Which is, is similar to Connor, but he, he's um, more technical, if that makes sense. Standing in the pocket and waiting. We, we, we saw Connor be so technical against Diaz, so technical against Eddie Alvarez, especially. It's hard to imagine Cowboy can be even more so, but he, he goes at a slower pace and he waits for the guy to come to him. So that's just experience. Overall, Cowboys, um, well, the real danger standing up uh, is Cowboys' lower half. He has lethal leg kicks and uh, knee strikes, especially his switch kicks. Uh, overall, Cowboys' lower half offense is a process. For example, one sequence I'll throw is uh, first an inside leg kick, uh, then throw under the chest and wait for the opponent to lower their head so he can place his shin to their temple. Nice, right? Uh, as you can see here, uh, his switch kick serves the same setup purpose for more offense uh, opening up his opponent, but the power generated from his base and swing is the most impressive. You see him open up and then just uh, send that leg up towards the head and it opens up for him to finish the fight. Uh, moving to his chokes, two main forms here. Uh, first the triangle, which there are variations of uh, an arm triangle and a traditional triangle, head triangle. Uh, moving on uh, Alex Oliveira, here is an example of an incomplete arm triangle. Uh, not deep enough to get the arm pulled to the chest and complete it, but deep enough on the head and neck to get a tap. Now, if you ever felt a triangle, you know that that pressure on the head and neck is probably enough to tap. So, Oliveira was very tired. I'd assume, and he was just kind of looking a way, way to get it, because Cerny didn't actually finish the, uh, the application. The same way with the armbar he tapped Perry with, uh, there's a lot of strength and power trapping Perry's arm under his body, and it's in pretty deep as well, technically. Uh, the key to the chokes overall is keeping close in and uh, to the body and maintaining pressure. Now, I was rolling tonight, and... You really can use your momentum, especially your head and shoulders, to push in to, for example, side control. But in this situation, you're constantly moving and you constantly want to keep pressure on him. So, and you you see Cerrone, Olivier's guard is extremely open. He has a very open guard. So he just mounts him um, and starts to put in the triangle on top and then he'll uh, transition to it on the bottom. And the transition is nice, and then he's able to just kind of move into it from there. But the main key, like I said, is, is maintaining pressure. Now, two factors here lead me to believe Cowboy is defeating Connor on Saturday. We're going to jump right to this. The same way Connor feels at home at uh, Featherweight and Lightweight, 55 and 45, Soroni does at 70. He really does live for that weight. He looks very comfy, like he'll wait for his opponent to come to him. We saw in the fight against Justin Gaethje that Cerrone was thrown off by the pace one. Uh, Justin Gaethje's a very balls to the wall knockout artist. And also, he had to weight cut. Uh, so that that throw, that probably threw him off a little bit. Uh, but he does thrive at a heavier weight. And it's Connor will have to uh, catch up and adjust. We've heard reports that he's struggling to make weight. He'll probably fall in somewhere around 168, 169, while Cerrone will be at clean 70. Uh, 
since they have some more technical styles, uh, McGregor won't attempt to go off the rails like Gaethje did, and Cerrone can sit in and execute, as can Connor. Which brings me to the second point. Cerrone has uh, more ways to beat McGregor, and if he gets uh, tired up top, he can change levels as well as set up those leg kicks. He's a little more versatile than Connor. Connor's going to try to beat him standing up. Um, the only way I can see Connor uh, succeeding on the ground is in defense. Because he, he did defend Khabib um, pretty well for a while. He defended Adi Alvarez, as I mentioned. But I actually think that um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to come out on top this weekend.